We are going to talk about a movie. This is gonna be a disaster. It was one of the best movies of the year. It's gonna um, go so <laughs> Probably one of the last movies I would ever want to see in a theater. Hello and welcome to our new weekly podcast show that we're going to be doing here on the channel called 10 Years On, where me and my lovely guests go through and discuss each movie that came out this week 10 years ago. Uh, the reason we're doing this is this decade means a lot to me uh, and pretty much everyone here as this was our first real decade into the movie space where we went, okay, movies are our thing this decade. So... I'm going to introduce my panel. Uh, Taylor, how are you? I'm good. This this is going to be, let me tell you guys, you're in for some treats this first week. We're yeah. starting off with a bang. Uh, it's yeah. it's going to be a fun time. There's a reason why at the start of this decade, January was the tank that it was, <laughs> that it always was. And I'm, of course, joined by our other guest who usually joins us. Nick, how are you going? Yeah, I think I haven't missed one yet. Yeah. I, I actually live here <laughs> at this point, so... I have nowhere else to go. Yeah, that, that is very fair. And we're joined by our wonderful new guest, Peter. How are you going? Very well. Thank you very much for having me. That is good. <laughs> See, poor Peter. He has no idea what he's in for when yeah. our podcasts go off the rails. Yeah. And just get... There you go. I think I'll... Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is this is going to be very interesting, um, guys. Just real quick, what does the 2010s mean to you? Like, why? Like, what was it that got you this decade that actually meant to you? I mean, that's a really tough question because, I mean, like you said, this was for us. This was kind of the start of where we were at an age where movies could really mean something big to us, and um, I think it was just. I think it's just that thing. You either really connect with it and it's really something that um, that means something a lot to you or, or it's not. And for me, I would watch movies and I would go, this is incredible that you can convey these kind of emotions and tell these kind of stories and, and connect people who maybe wouldn't connect otherwise through movie-going experiences. And I really think that this decade in particular, just being able to speak from my own experiences of the movies that I have seen, it's it's so important to our culture, especially in the crazy, crazy world that we live in these days, where sometimes you just you just need to watch movies and just <laughs> not think about other things. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, Nick, what's uh, what does this decade mean to you? 2010 is probably the coolest year for movies to me because I got my first ever job and I worked at a blockbuster video and I worked there for four years. So that <laughs> literally opened a floodgate of films for me. I would take home handfuls of movies at a time. I was like literally a kid in a candy shop. So that's when I like my formative film criticism esque journey started, I guess, because I would watch so much and by watching you learn and you and you like you said, you get those escapisms that you're looking for. So yeah, twenty ten was the start of a big thing for me. And yeah. um, Peter, we're we're what started this decade for you? Well, twenty ten was the first year that I was officially hired as a writer. So I started critiquing in two thousand ten. Um, Inception was my very first oh. ever oh, good right. published review. Um, but yeah, I'd been watching movies pretty much since I could first remember. And I'd always watched them in a different capacity to people that were my age. Mm. You know, like mum would rent movies that were probably a little bit too old. <laughs> <laughs> but she would go, I know you're going to watch these movies in a different yeah. mindset. So I don't mind you watching American Psycho, Eyes Wide Shut, things that you probably shouldn't watch, but I know that you're watching them in a different 
different frame of view. And yeah, I mean, 2010 was when it all started and I've just grown since then and hopefully it can keep going. Mm. And um, very interesting start to the year there as we're about to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, the 2010s started very interestingly. Um, we had three major wide releases Oof. in the US. So uh, this whole podcast is going to be based solely on the US release dates. I'm going to mention the Australian release dates, but given... Uh, I like going based on Academy dates. So the, mm. the Academy release dates is the most, is how I based most of my film going year. Yeah. So like I say, yeah. okay, that film came out in the the year that it was eligible for the Academy Awards. Um, that's why one of these films is on this list actually. Uh, so our three films that were released was Daybreakers, which released in 2,523 theatres. Leap Year, which released in 2,511 theatres, and Youth in Revolt, which released in 1,873 theatres. Uh, limited release films we had this year, that weekend on January the 8th, so the same day as we're releasing this podcast, was uh, Sweet Grass, Crazy on the Outside, Bitch Slap, Waiting for Armageddon, Brutal Beauty, Tales of the Rose City Rollers, and Wonderful World. Out of the limited release films, have you ever heard of any of these guys? I had heard of Crazy on the Outside. Yes. I remember seeing that at when video stores were still I remember having that at the video store, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember seeing it and I I didn't watch it because... It That's was a like, Tim Allen movie, Tim is Allen, it? It's Tim Allen, yeah. And he directed it and from everything I heard, it was just not good. <laughs> and oh, my younger self knew back then not to watch this movie. <laughs> Um, but that was clear. the only one that I had like actually really knew about. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into our first film that we're going to discuss today. Uh, this is the first film I think all three of us watched first and uh, when we did our rewatches this year. So uh, let's just dive right in. And here is the trailer for Leap Year. Get ready to lose your mind. Guess who I saw walking out of the store carrying that little red bag? Oh my god. So this is for you. Okay, hold on. We gotta work on your surprise face. Ask me, ask me. Will you marry me? <gasps> Bigger eyes? Honey? The good news is you have time to practice between now and then. <laughs> They're earrings. Yeah, a little something to keep your ears warm while I'm in Dublin. It is leap year, you know, in Ireland. A woman can propose to a man on the 29th of February. Dad, I'm not going to Dublin. I'm gonna die without getting engaged. Ladies and gentlemen, we are diverting to Cardiff, Wales. Wales? Hello. I need a taxi to Dublin. I'm your man, missus. I'll drive you to Dublin. Thank you. I'm going to propose to my boyfriend on leap day. Yeah? Yeah. So I thought. Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> This January... I can't say it's move. ...comes as a real shock to find out that you speak fluent cow. The girl who's always in control... <laughs> ...will find out what happens. You fried my blackberry. You fried the whole village. When you lose it... Go, Wait, stop it! The cow. My ride! I've got a room. You two are married, aren't you? It's Mr. and Mrs. O'Callaghan. Lovely. I just can't wait to see you. You can't imagine what I've been through. You can see right through the curtain. Can you? Can you? No peeking. You're young, married, in love. 
Shows a kiss. Mm -hmm. oh. Damn it, man. Kiss the girl. And welcome back to that was the trailer for Leap Year. Um, <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> All right. So uh, we watched Leap Year. I had never seen it. Uh, I you, had. you love this movie, or you very much enjoy this movie. Uh, uh, I have a confession to make. I watched 60 minutes of this movie and turned it off. <laughs> I could not deal with it. I read the ending of the film on Wikipedia synopsis. That's fair. That's uh, that's fair enough. Uh, I'm you, not a professional. If you want to keep me on the show, <laughs> I understand. Uh, trust me, we'll get to a movie where you wanted me to turn it off like really badly. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about Libya. So uh, if you didn't know by based off the trailer, this is a story about a woman who is very annoyed that her loving boyfriend apparently, um, <laughs> has not yet proposed to her. So she's using an Irish tradition to go over to Dublin, who where he just happens to be. So that works At out. At the right very, time. Yeah, that like. works out very well um, to propose to him on February 29th because of, and he has to say yes, apparently, is according to the tradition. Um, I This movie is not good, like, <laughs> at all. Um it is saved only by Amy Adams's like the, the fact that she just goes like she tries her best in this movie like she is trying to elevate this film and other than that this movie is a disaster of every single romantic comedy cliched you could ever think of. I yeah, no, I this movie's not good at all. Um, yeah. no. nah. <laughs> it's just not good <laughs> you i'm gonna leave you to laugh so that you can actually like talk how, about this positively and get the mood back up um peter what are your thoughts i i i i did see this movie in 2010 uh my ex rented it which is perhaps why i remember not liking it as much because <laughs> there was a lot of problems there um what really surprised me was the fact that this movie made in 2010 was after Amy Adams was pretty much mm. establishing herself. You know, she made Enchanted 2007 Academy Award nomination for Down in 2008. And then she makes this. <laughs> and like, I'd understand if she made this prior to those, but this was like a choice. Like she chose to make yeah. this. And it's, I know that, yeah, she's trying her best, but I also think her character's like, she's not, Good. Like I don't think she's, she's, she's like not a good she's person. Not, like, no. I don't think she's fun to be around. Like you know, yeah. and Matthew Good, is, he's ironically Matthew not good. Um, he like he admitted he made this movie only so that he could travel back to London on weekends to see his wife and daughter, mm. and. You watch it going, he is so uninvested. Oh, that's and he's, his accent is like so stereotypical. <laughs> and yeah. as for, for a romantic comedy, you need to be romantic and funny. And I found this neither. Nick. I literally, my first two points are both your points <laughs> on here as well. I was like, 
like Matthew Good can act. We have yeah. seen him before and he just chose not to. <laughs> he made a decision to like, there are words on a piece of paper and I'm going to read those words. I don't have to put anything behind this. And it's every single romantic comedy cliche. Yeah. And the scene that really ticks me off the most was when she first comes to the pub and there is about a 10 minute sequence of like, everyone's just like, we're an old Irish pub. We're going to mess with you a little bit. (laughs) And then she goes up to the room and then the room's falling apart. And and it's like the perfectly choreographed, like this, it's like a home alone trap. Like this falls and that falls and (laughs) this falls. And I was like, this, I don't like, it's not, this is not, wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. And the last (laughs) The last it's thing awful, that you remember yeah. watching, of course. The last thing I remember watching, <laughs> I, I think I did. Like, I think I closed my eyes at one point and then I was like, oh, this is still on. Uh, it's awfully directed. It has some of the worst, the green screen in the car <laughs> when they're driving. So this is what I pointed out. The car is bouncing up and down on a non-bumpy road, yet everything outside, the landscape is so smooth. And I was so disoriented by that and this was in the middle of the adam scott being a dick phase so we saw him yeah. like as stepbrothers he was the dick and now in this he's playing the dick as well and this is like pre-parks and rec uh, adam scott so he's a very stereotypical adam scott character at this point that just reminded me uh the the scene when they're at dinner and all the other couples are kissing i'm like that would never happen <laughs> So yeah, they go to dinner and then they're meant to be they're meant to be husband and wife and all the other couples start like making out to show how much they love each other and then they basically like force these two people <laughs> to make out with each other. I'm like, I've never I've ever seen this. Situation. Like I don't know. Not a restaurant that who... nice anyway. <laughs> I I like I, I find it funny about that whole scene though where they basically they walk in and they just and they and this m- a woman is just like oh so you uh, I just kicked out this couple who weren't married who lied that they were ma- they weren't married even though it's raining <laughs> oh yes we are definitely one hundred percent married like who introduces themselves yeah. like that like who it was just like don't it? ask if they're maybe brother and sister <laughs> first or anything like that it's like ah no non married shenanigans in my hotel. <laughs> Okay, why are the three males wrong? <laughs> you guys are looking at this through the completely wrong lens, first of all. I'm just going to say you want this movie to be like a technically good movie, and that's really not how you should be approaching this, first of all. Second of all, this romantic comedy has every bad romantic comedy trope, which is exactly what I wanted from this movie, and it gave me exactly that. You guys are saying none of these things would realistically happen, which is also not what I want out of a romantic comedy movie. I want it to be ridiculous. I want it to make no sense. I want them to have to kiss for no reason. Like, you guys, I want to get a tub of ice cream and go, all of this is fucking ridiculous, and I love it, and they're in love, but I don't care. I think I'd be okay with it, though, if it was, like, funny. Because, like, I, I, think I, it's I hilarious. love romantic comedies. Like, I think I'm it's hilarious. Them, but I just didn't... Yeah, know. there was lots of lots of jokes that felt very forced to me. Like, and there's lots of... It, I found the film stereotypes, especially Irish people. Oh. There's one of the worst bits of editing in the film is after the whole room crash in the pub. And it's this really awkward close-up, like, crash cut to Matthew Good. And he calls her an Egypt. He goes, yeah, Egypt, and walks out the room. But the tone of like the sound and the way they set up the camera didn't make sense as to like why he'd be right there calling this lady he's met like two minutes ago in Egypt for no reason. So, and it's like super stereotypical to have the Irish person call. So you can't just be like a, oh, no, you have to call her something too. So I don't know. And I found the 
the airport people so mean to her. <laughs> like, I know what that when that? you're like you're frustrated and like, oh, she can't get to Dublin. So, but like they're very very rude to her. Like, oh, let us turn around a plan for you. Like, you know, it was just like because no one in no one in that profession would be that. That stereotype mean. was all people in the UK. Must hate Americans. Yeah. Like she's American. Yeah. She's like, well, she's American. She can get what she wants. And like, <laughs> yeah, you, know, yeah. so. you guys are once again making my point <laughs> perfectly for me. This is exactly the reason. I'm. I think you're misunderstanding. I'm not saying this movie is good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that this movie is hilarious to me for all yeah. of these reasons okay. that you're mentioning. Like, I don't think it's good, no, but I love I watching it. it because it's just. I'm going. Yep, there's that stereotypical thing there, yeah. and yep, there's that, and that was the worst shot I've ever then, seen in my life, and clearly they have no chemistry together. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Amy Adams has no chemistry no. with him at all. Like, but to be fair, she also doesn't have chemistry with her super loving boyfriend she wants to marry yeah. immediately yeah. Like, either. So Adam Scott never comes across like someone like he's he's. Stereotypical dick, like, yeah. like you're never going to end up with him. <laughs> no, like, no. Good and Amy Adams are dealing with, like we I have l- to sit through a hundred <laughs> minutes to wait for them to get. Together. I love his immediate transition to where he's like, ah, oh, no, nah, we don't need to get married. And then as soon as he gets a chance for like his job or whatever it is, he's like, <laughs> yeah. you know what? Yeah, maybe maybe we should get. Like it happens three minutes later in the film, and I was like, you know what? Hey, it's love. But watch like watch me defend almost every shitty action film this year as well. So. <laughs> And like 2010, there'll be more romantic comedies, and I'll probably be like, I really like Jennifer Lopez, so let's not be. Oh, God. oh we're getting I'm to backup plan, and I'm, I'm not looking forward oh, dude, to it. I'm just, I'm just waiting until all this comes back around when there's a really, like, like you said, a really shitty action movie that I have to sit here and well, go. No, when and we you're have... bagging me for like a leap year. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, and, and we have to sit there and talk about Expendables and go how fun that movie is. I and can't wait to talk I... about that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to watch that movie with my stepdad and my mom once and I lasted about 12 minutes and was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. So, so anyway. as long as you make it to 13 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Then I'll say I've watched it. Oh, man. Uh, All right. All right. Well, let's... So that let's, was Leap Year. <laughs> I, okay, it only we, gets better. Before we end on Leap the thing that drives me crazy about Leap Year the most, and this is just... They released it in 2010, which wasn't a freaking leap year. Like, <laughs> how? How do you release this movie in a non-leap year? I don't understand. Unless it was on the shelf. And that would make sense why Amy Adams was in it. Is that it was Maybe. on... They, 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 it was meant to come out in 2008. And then it came out in 2010 for reasons not quite we'll known. Say, and then, you know, in that case... Not such a bad movie. (laughs) 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 All right, let's move on to... uh, I think this one's going to be very controversial and interesting. (laughs) Um, uh, The next movie we're going to be talking about is the movie Youth in Revolt. Here is the trailer. My name is Nick. I live with my charming mother. Her latest boyfriend, Jerry, is a pathological liar. If a woman answered the phone, it was probably just a maid. He's a real prize. <laughs> My dad is currently in between jobs. Lacey is dad's girlfriend. Lacey, come here, you. It's amazing how much action everyone around me seems to be getting. With one exception. Honey, this is Sheeny Saunders. She just stopped by to introduce herself. Isn't that neighborly? For Nick, Sheeny was the one. Would you mind applying this to my exposed areas? Sure. Until she became the one. You get turned on easily. Who got away. 
Jeannie, I think I love you. Nick, you're very nice, but I have a boyfriend. Hello, Nick. Bad break, Nick. Well, I'll be leaving. Now, to win her over, he'll have to give love. I've decided to create a supplementary persona named Francois Dillinger. Bold, contemptuous of authority. Thanks for breakfast. Where are you going? And irresistible to women. You're not gonna get this girl by sitting around listening to records. It's time to rebel, Nick. It's time to be bad. How far will one guy go? For the girl of his dreams. I burned down Berkeley for you. So romantic, Nikki. Kiss me, you weenie. I say we let the kid do the dishes, and you and I retire to the master bedroom. Hey, Mom, do you think it's a puppy love thing with Jerry, or is he someone that I can look forward to having around for years to come? Sheenie's coming home for Thanksgiving. You should be there. Paul served an appetizer earlier. Stuffed mushrooms. It's gonna change your life. Have fun. You're going to jail. I'll only ask once that you and your adorable sweater step away from the door. <laughs> Seems to me you've got two options. Fake your own death or commit suicide. Nick, you're being so bad. Not half as bad as the nasty things I want to do to you right now. If that's okay with you. Um, let's talk about youth in revolt. Oh boy. Okay. Um, I yep. have zero idea of what this movie was actually trying to do or be or what the point was or what the tone it was going for was or how long I actually spent <laughs> watching this movie because I feel like it was about six hours that I just lost of my life where I just was confused and upset <laughs> And I'm still trying to deal with mentally what this movie has done to me. And if you ever make me watch it again, I can't. I can't promise your safety. <laughs> like, I think this movie might be my the room. I I hate. I this movie is such a disaster and so badly made. I think it's amazing. <laughs> like I was just sitting there going. I was pissing myself laughing at the movie, not with it. Like mm. there was, uh, there was a few little jokes that it tells that I, I thought were a little bit funny, but mm. most of the time it's just dull and awfully written. The, like the script shockingly is written. horrific. Nobody talks like that. Literally mm. nobody <laughs> in the whole world talks like that, let alone teenagers. Yeah. Like it just does not happen. And it was so weird because there was no, first of all, there was no chemistry. There was no, no. like, there was no energy in the movie at all. Like it just was silent and awkward a lot of the time. Yeah. And then when there was music, it was at the wrong time. And then like, it just, it just felt like you had turned a video camera on and there just wasn't actually anything happening worth showing. Yeah. Like it was just a weird story that didn't feel like it had any agency to it at all. Like I, I don't know what I was supposed to get out of it. Like, I don't know what it was going for. Yeah, at I, all. At, nah, I'm 
I have no idea. I have no words. For I don't know movie. how was... anyone escaped <laughs> this movie with careers at all. <laughs> Considering the stacked cast in this oh, movie, yeah. it is crazy. Um, it off. Michael Sarah, yeah. Ray Liotta, Zach Galifianakis, Steve Buscemi, Steve Buscemi Rooney Porsche, Rooney Double Day. Is it Double Day? Double Day, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, Rooney Mara yeah. was just fucking randomly popping up in there. I was very happy to know that you didn't like it because I was watching it going, <laughs> oh, am I just like, <laughs> and then when I found out you didn't like it, I'm like, good, I'm not alone. Because, yeah, it's. I was watching this movie going, I I don't know the point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I get the whole, you know, teen angst and you like you find your true love. But I mean, that happened way too quickly. Oh, yeah. And then he's like literally risking his life and then like goes to another state and like, gets her kicked out of it's, it was like so much yes. and so bizarre for someone who you met at a trailer park and <laughs> again, yeah, as you said, no chemistry. Mm. And she's like, it's like at first I feel like she's like completely taking the piss out of him. But then it's like, oh no, she actually likes him. Mm. She's I just didn't, dead I, inside. I, I, I like, didn't so get is that. He. They're just both yeah. dead inside. And, and yeah, and then you've got like Steve Buscemi doing... Something. You know, Steve Buscemi, Steve Buscemi, useful having relations with Ari Grainer oh. in the film. So, <laughs> who then runs off with Justin? Yeah, who, sorry, <laughs> spoiler. Oh yeah, Justin <laughs> Long's in the movie too. So. It, it just, it was like all these people got together, and I, maybe it was one of those movies that was a lot of fun to make, and it didn't translate. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I'm at a loss. The thing I said when we were watching this is I went, oh, this is a personal film. Like, it's a film that the director or the writer made mm. that is solely for them. Yeah. Like, there is no one else in the world who would want, based, who would like... It's based on a novel. Oh, so yeah. someone's favourite novel and they've written it. Yeah. Oh. This movie has one of the most ridiculous scenes <laughs> that I just sat there and went, I can't believe they they filmed this. Like, the car just explodes into a trailer (laughs) and then there's a fire trail somehow that just randomly appears going right to where he is to like what the physics doesn't work that way like that was the i was like who set this scene up it was like this will look great guys this is exactly what we need it's great because especially in that scene the cinematography in the film is not that amazing it's just quite it's quite indie right it feels just like pointing a camera until we get to that scene and then there's frantic shots of people running away from a runaway car. It crashes into a little storefront that doesn't go through the storefront. It like just knocks over a pot plant. Basically nothing's ultimately destroyed. And I was like, this is a, this is a bit weird. I'm not going to lie. And then the car blows up and I was like, Oh, that's where the budget went. Like it's just this one explosion. And then that scene of the, I liked the quirkiness of that one bit, but the rest of that scene, I was very confused. So Does he talking on. about the budget? Like it was like $15 million. Really? Like, where yeah. did it go? Wow. I'm the cast. I'm that's yeah. maybe, like, all, maybe they're all like, hey, you want me in this piece of shit? $3 million. Thank yeah. you very yeah, much. Michael, I mean, Michael Sarah had done. We had super bad. Super bad. And Juno. And Juno. At that point, I guess point, he yeah. was kind of somewhat it's it's funny you mentioned juno because that's actually one of like in my notes sort of what i was kind of i didn't hate this movie i didn't like it i'll never really watch it again but i didn't hate watching it 
this just like missed the boat. It's like, it's that quirky Juno-esque teenage romantic comedy with that uh, like surreal dialogue and crazy situations. But it came out like three or four years too late. Oh, you know what I mean? It's missed the end of the, the road for I, this. I, I said uh, watching this, oh, this is like a 2006 film. Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a 2006 indie film of a guy who like when they were making, you know, here, digital cameras are now a thing. Yeah. Go make a film. Yeah. And you can tell. It's just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the freaking scene where all of a sudden he's on drugs and then he's seeing the sex drawings oh, around yeah. him. Oh, and, like, and he pops. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. That one and, caught me And he's just like, oh, the pinky. I was like, what? Whoa, what are you doing? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then Michael Sarah doing when he's, in his alter ego, because that's how yeah. he rejects oh. all of his <laughs> suaveness. <laughs> and Michael Sarah saying all of these really like sexual things is so but, wrong. But not even not, like he's not the kind of person. Not that even can like pull that off. hot sexual things either. It was like especially the scene in the girls' dorm room <laughs> when he, so he's rapey. been turned back oh. once. The girlfriend's like, oh, I don't want to have sex with other people in the room, and then he's like. Those two are having sex, so let's try with. I don't even remember his alter ego's name. But let's try with him, and he's basically uh, just like, "I want to Francois. be Francois." Yeah, Francois. Francois. I'm pretty sure. And then yeah. Francois's just like, I "Want to be on you?" And I'm like, mm, "Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. this is. It's definitely a very yeah. pre Me Too era film." So <laughs> like, so. Uh, and but just her, it, it, the woman character as well. She drove me crazy in this because no one in their right mind ever talks like that. No. Like that was that was just straight up. Oh no, it, you're just this is the you know uh, pixie pixie manic girl. What like I that's, think yeah. what I think girls should say. Oh. What I want girls to say to me, like nah, buddy. No, <laughs> but no. it wasn't even like them trying to make her sound super intelligent. It was just like jumbles of words that like mm. even mm. super intelligent people would like. You wouldn't say a sentence like, like that. This, this like it doesn't just, make sense. It just doesn't make and It's just like words that they thought would sound good together, but mm. doesn't actually make a real sentence. Like, nah. like it, it's just, and it's weird because and I'm just going to keep coming back to this. I think the more we talk about it, it's like, I don't get what the point was because mm. there wasn't mm. actually a real love story involved. Like you said, there no. was no development in terms of like, anything actually happening there and then i guess if the point is for him to become a bad boy like maybe <laughs> the movie kind of does that and but not really not like the greatest I, you know motivation yeah. like i want you to be a bad boy <laughs> like it's Throw just a little pencil thin moustache <laughs> little pencil thin oh. Michael oh. moustache no. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. also like i get why Ray Liotta's characters in the film. It's supposed to create the conflict that his mum's now sleeping with someone else. You did not need that character in the film because not really at any point is the movie, again, it's about nothing in fairness, but like there's no real like relationship with his parents arc in the film. Like that is not the crux of the movie. It's the fact that just like Zach Galifianakis brings the humour and when they takes him to just. the trailer park. <laughs> just. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it takes him to the trailer park where we have to meet the girl and then just be with the girl for the rest of the movie. Don't have this like weird non-parent relationship yeah, arc. That where, would like, have been a better Ray movie. Ray Liotta's fucking just... my mom. It's like, well, we don't care because the movie's not about this <laughs> yeah. right now. So yeah. I think if it stayed at the trailer park and it was yeah. just the two of them, it might've been somewhat. You can still be you know, quirky. Like yeah. quirk is fine, but you're right. It just yeah. jumps so many different places. Yeah. I mean, well, it's funny. Like we actually 
we got that movie three years later in the way way back like where it's, yeah. no it's at the trailer park or mm. you know it's at the water park and that's what the film's about and for a minute there, i was like we got this movie three years later. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah that's uh, that was uh that was youth in revolt um Check not out, a good folks. movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I, impossible oh. to find. Yes. So have fun. Sourcing oh. this movie out was impossible. <laughs> like it is nowhere like, on I'm streaming. Like, we're good at finding. Yeah. Movies, oh yeah. You know, and we've got all like all the streaming services, and we're we're big like you know, movie we, collectors. And this one was nope. so hard to find. We were actually messaging each other how <laughs> like, to find this I movie. I had to rent this on we Telstra Box. <laughs> Four whole dollars. Four whole Australian dollars. Yeah. In standard definition. It's, it wasn't I, even HD. Oh, Oh, the sound mixing the, oh, was the, horrific, and I and that was the thing I was going to comment on the sound mixing. I'm like, I don't know if that's the movie or the Telstra box. <laughs> or like, I'm like, you know what? I'm not. I'm I'm not going to be mean to the movie on yeah. that because everything else is terrible. Let's but, just assume yeah. it was the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to our last film because I actually really enjoyed this film. I'm actually excited to talk about so this one. My, so. And that was Daybreakers. sustain our population till the end of the month. We're talking about the extinction of the human race. If a blood substitute is not found immediately, <laughs> this will happen to all of us. This substitute would replace our need for a human supply. There will always be those who are willing to pay extra for the real thing. We need your help. We want to rebuild the human race. A blood substitute is not a cure. I was like you once. I'm not no more. Who are you? We're the folks with the crossbows. That last breath of humanity will vanish as soon as the blood does. I found a cure. I can change you back. What's the cure? I think I kill you. I'm already dead. Doesn't hurt me. Can anyone hear me? I wanna feel how it feels. They found us. They're everywhere. You wanna know? Know that it doesn't hurt me. And that was Daybreakers. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Yes. I did too. <laughs> I had so much fun. Even like just the world building alone in this movie had oh, me yeah. so fascinated because they set up such an interesting world that you can do so much with. Yeah. And then they choose to tell a story about vampires that flips everything on its head mm. for what you typically get. And especially in a peak vampire era. Like yeah. vampires were cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, not cool. No, sorry, cool, but that was the thing. We had massive all like vampires. Twilight, movies. True Blood. True yeah. Blood was huge, yeah. Yeah. So I, even Supernatural was doing yeah. Yeah. like they were doing vampires at that point like yeah vampires were the thing I think that's the film's that's the downside for this film is that it was a small film with 
in vampires where it was just vampire overlaw, uh, yeah. like just complete. Yeah. yeah, there was so yeah. much of it going it, on that it kind of got buried yeah. with and everything it, else. Yeah, and then it ended up not being the kind of film I think people were expecting. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were hoping like, oh, some action-filled horror movie and it's like so much more than mm. that. Yeah. Like it's actually about something like yeah. it, it's actually got something no, don't don't get me wrong i think the message it's very super obvious with its message it's yeah. not like subtle no. with what it's trying to say but it's fun in what it's trying to say like yeah. it, they like i'm okay with a movie that has a really obvious message as long as you're fun and that's mm. what well, i think this film's able to do and like i said to you after we watched it the movie knew exactly what it was it wasn't trying mm. to be something that it wasn't yeah. the tone was great they knew exactly what they were going for and like you like you said it was fun it mm. was fun. I thought the acting was actually really good. Like everyone yeah. was mm. showed up. Everyone was having a great time. Dude, Willem Dafoe in this movie yeah. is having the most fun anyone has ever had in a movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So good. To like, see. Willem Dafoe is just like going absolute nuts of, I don't care. This is so much fun. And he's just like, and like not, not in a, I don't care in a bad way. Like he's having fun with what he's yeah. doing. And he's just got the, he's got the accent. He's got like everything. Yeah. It's just. His nickname is Elvis. Yeah. Like, like, he, you know what I mean? It's. <laughs> It works so it's, well for it. Yeah, I, I look. I, I love the aesthetic. Um, like I really love the like the aesthetic of what they built. Um, the the world building itself is, I think, the strongest part mm. of this film. Is that it? It sets up its world and it never breaks its rules. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Like it it never really breaks the rules in terms of oh okay this is what they can do. This is what they can't do. And they don't break that. They go. And even when the twist is revealed, um, we can spoil the movie, I guess, yeah, 10 like, years old. Yeah. When vampires. <laughs> this is a full, full blown discussion of, of the film. Yeah. So we, so like when, yeah. when vampires can turn back to humans, then can turn vampires into humans. Like it, it in, even within its own rules, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's kind of cool. Cause that's a good twist for mm. the movie. I had to keep reminding myself that it was an American movie, though, because, I mean, it was filmed in Brisbane. Yeah. yeah. And, like, right from the credits, you're just like, that's Central Station. That's yes. That's exactly what <laughs> I, I thought, too. Like, yeah. yeah. And then, like, Ethan Hawke comes on. I'm like, no, it's set in America. Forget that this is your local town. <laughs> yes. Which was so... I There were so many times that I'm like, oh, it's Brisbane, but then it's not. That's CGI'd in there. <laughs> um, and it, But the one thing that I really took away from this in terms of, like, acting, I was like, Claudia Carvin should be such a bigger star than oh, she is. Yeah. Like, this was pretty much her one big movie that like sort of went Hollywood, to America. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, she's the, I guess you could say, like, the straight woman amongst, like, she doesn't really mm. get, she's kind of the damsel in distress, but then again, not really. Yeah. Which I like. She's like they, the leader of the human yeah. people and we get to see. I think yeah. in a lesser film, she would have been the damsel in distress or something yeah. or the or the typical love interest and they really were like no we're going to make her a proper character yeah. mm. who actually like moves this who moves the story forward yeah. yes you know she needs to get saved but that's not because she's helpless no yeah and that's probably the biggest the biggest downfall of the movie is the the last probably 20 minutes is when it turns into its most conventional movie. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's definitely not bad. I was still very entertained by it, but it goes from being such a unique take to the bloodbath, violent finish that you, I mean, is there another way you can end it? I don't know, but. Mm. And then you wonder if that was the Spirit brothers intent or that was like studio. Yeah. Interference. Were like, we yeah. need this. Yeah. I do want to say, I really enjoyed the fact that yes, this movie was clearly about vampires and, and humans and kind of dealing with what that looks like, but it didn't feel stereotypical vampire to me. Like they weren't yeah. trying to yeah. like heavily lean into like, 
I guess I don't really want to say this, but oh, they're sparkly or yeah. oh, they have this yeah. or yeah. oh, they're like, like yeah, they had the vampire eyes and they had the teeth, but it wasn't like this big. No, it was just caricature yeah, kind of moment. Yeah. Like but, I like that they were existing with people, and yeah. some of them didn't want to bite people. They were happy to live their lives. Yeah, they drink animal they, blood. They, they drank they drank blood, like, yeah. like you know, and you see like a homeless person on the street, and they're like, "It's a homeless vampire." Let's stay away. Yeah, like, it was. They didn't make them us versus them. It was they can be in society with yeah. us, but there's always going to be good people and bad people. And yeah. that's what this movie was yeah, was yeah. saying. I, I agree with that. Um, I also like that there's no logic breaks. Like there's there's no scenes where you go, uh, like in terms of when you're saying that it's conventional, like there's no scenes where you go, oh, they're just doing that for the plot. Yeah. Like the, you, no, the entire no, movie you go, no, that makes sense for those characters in that moment to make that decision. Like yeah. there's things that people do that I... I I know that that's not like the greatest praise in the world, but for a January movie <laughs> after what we had just seen and <laughs> like, and just for, you know, a, a small budget action film, I thought that's pretty cool. Like it's, yeah. it's good to see. And, you know, cause it didn't cost a lot. It was only cost, like 28 million. Yeah. Like, and yeah. it, you know, you compare 28 million on this 15 million on youth in revolt. Yeah. you like, what? Like you can tell they okay they actually like used the money that they spent and they they mm. went and had fun with it so. and then it ended up being the highest grossing of the new releases mm. so yeah yay that you turned out <laughs> for it um I really this is a film though that I would really love if they did a TV show like or at some yeah. like if if yeah, someone okay, grabbed yeah. the property and went okay we're gonna do like a in this world we'll do a TV show like or, because this is something you could do really cool and really yeah. well like I liked the fact that you know. They showed vampires in suits and like in, as like businessmen going yeah. to their daily jobs. Like that's that's a cool. They're all working you know, in a lab. They're like scientist vampires yeah. trying to find a cure for vampirism and stuff. Yeah, Vince yeah. Colosimo. Like oh, like how many everything. Australian actors? Yeah. Like I know obviously because they filmed in prison, but like yeah. like Sam Neill pops up as well, and it's just so funny yeah. to see these guys. And it was amusing that you know it was like made in two thousand nine. 2010 but it was set in 2019 yes. like, yeah there wasn't was and i was like apart from like the phone i'm like that's a pretty 2010 phone it was kind of like this would yeah. it looks it like makes the sense. way it would look now yeah. i love the look of the film like it's so stylized which works so well for the world building and this was the second spirit brothers film have you seen undead their yes. first one I've never yeah. seen this movie has, like, Undead is very campy horror, but it's good because it's super low budget, like, extremely low budget. This one has, like, the perfect amount of camp from that film. So it's good yeah. to see the Spirit Brothers hadn't really lost their touch from the, the roots of their horror filmmaking because there's definitely, like, dialogue in this film that's a little corny and cringy, but it kind of works with the, yeah. the fun that they're having with the film, as serious of a film as it is. And there's some good jump scares. And that bat in the opening oh. gets me every oh, time. Yeah, yeah. It scares shit out of me. But, like, it's a good mixture of camp and actual scares and good storytelling yeah um i i do really find like the gore really hilarious as well like, the gore is of, campiest oh yeah there's scenes where like they, they'll just like uh, just suddenly blow up in gore and you're oh, like whoa yeah. oh, i wasn't expecting That's, that at all uh, it, the scene when they uh test do the first yeah. test yeah. subject and they're like are you okay it's like yeah i feel Bang! Explodes, <laughs> and I was like, "That's very 2010." Sort and of like the on. ending when like Sam Neill <laughs> and uh, oh. just like, oh, and then like that nice like upside down head shot. And you're that's like, right. It was like that's very yeah. 2010, and like the blood is so like 
so red, oh, so it's syrupy. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, so yeah. good though. I, th- yeah, I think it, I think it works so well with the film that they oh, were yeah. making. Yeah, though, yeah, which brings me yeah. back to they knew what they were making. Yes. They knew what they were working with. Like yeah. they're not making an and Academy Award film. They're making a fun yeah. movie with great acting, with some campy moments. They know what their aesthetic is. They yeah. never forget what their aesthetic is in this movie, which is great. They're awesome. so committed to that like filter that they have yes, on the whole movie. Absolutely. But I'm really glad we saved this one for last, yeah. or I may have cried. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this, look, great film. Uh, if you haven't seen it, Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Like that's yeah, that's basically you know the whole point of this and podcast. And it's easy to find. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually in 4K. They released it in 4K yes. this year to you know, so, or yeah. last year to mark 10 years. Because, <laughs> because it's set in 2019. Yeah, I yeah, know. Uh, it's set in the past. That's kind of terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on to box office results for that week. So. January 8th, 2010, here were the box office results. Number one, Avatar for the fourth week with $50.3 million. Number two, Sherlock Holmes for the third week with $16.58 million. Number three, Alvin and the Chipmunks, the squeakle. Yes. We've got two more of these to go. Lovely. Um, Lovely. With uh, $16.56 million in its third week. Daybreakers in its first week opened at number four with fifteen point five. One solid. four million awesome. dollars. Yeah. Uh, it's complicated, and it's in its fifth, third week. Uh, opened to number five with eleven million. Leap year in its first week opened to nine point two million at six, uh, number six. The Blind Side in se- with seven point five million opened on its eighth week of wow. release. That's legs up yeah. in the air on its eighth on its sixth week of release. Op- had seven point one million dollars at number six. Youth in Revolt opened to six point eight million dollars wow. on its first week at the number nine position. And Princess and the Frog uh, was at its seventh week with four point six five million dollars. Uh, the major movie, movie news stories. Uh, this one's actually pretty big. John Malkovich and Anne Hathaway still haven't yet signed on for Spider-Man 4 and are awaiting the script. Oh. This is Sam Raimi's yeah. Spider-Man 4. John Malkovich was and going to play the um, Vulture and yeah. Anne Hathaway was going to play Black Cat. Both were heavily rumored wow. as like that was the... And this has now been confirmed that that is what was going to happen. Yeah. But... Wow, 2010 Spider-Man Four was still a thing. Like yeah. we were, <laughs> well, because Spider-Man Three only came out in 2007, yeah, didn't it? So yeah, that makes sense. Like they were going to do a quick sequel. Well, not quick, but yeah. like to be four years later. Yeah, so okay, maybe, yeah, it was definitely dead in the water <laughs> at that point. Yeah, like you know, Spider-Man Three like that irked a lot oh, of people. Yes. So I'm not surprised that Spider-Man Four didn't come to fruition. But at the mm. same time, like John Malkovich, imagine he was the vulture. when he um when he decides to like go a bit. Campy, like he really gives it, <laughs> he, and he you know Anne Hathaway. Well. I mean, it's quite funny that she was black cat and ended up playing like Catwoman Cat years later. So it's yeah, really not long after that was 2012. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's it's interesting because we'll talk about in a couple of weeks the uh, the fact that this movie doesn't happen, <laughs> but we'll get to that. Um, the other big news that dropped was the untitled Star Trek sequel sets its original date of June 29, 2012. It would ultimately be pushed twelve months. Uh, this was into, into this, is, this was into darkness. Oh, okay. So the film that ended up becoming uh, Into Darkness oh, originally had a date of twenty twelve, and then JJ went, "I can't finish a movie in less than two years." Yeah, <laughs> and clearly. Um, <laughs> and last but not <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last but not least, uh, 
This one's interesting, I think, for Ryan Reynolds because, hey, uh, your your future wife got cast in the movie that you met her. Is but Blake Lively gets cast in Green Lantern. Ah, oh, okay. And it's quite funny that that was like the. I mean, big news because. I think she would probably be considered a bigger star at that point because yeah. of Gossip yeah, Girl. She was certainly riding the wave. And I always wonder, like, if Green Lantern had actually been a massive success, yeah. would he have still ripped on it as much as he did? Oh, no. You know? Easily like, not. I think I, he, I, you know... Probably not, hey. I, I think it definitely probably like hurt his career for a while and hers oh, too yeah. i mean yeah. so i don't i don't blame him for still being like hey remember to forget that i was in green lantern let's not talk <laughs> about that ever again and then poor ryan reynolds because he also had deadpool in x-men oh, origins yeah. wolverine not long yeah. before that as well so that having that two in a row of pretty shitty superhero films mm. you're gonna be like Ugh. but i do like that blake lively has yeah. really like stepped up career like i think mm. all the stuff she's making is like super interesting really choices really the, yeah. the biggest irony i do find about that green lantern movie is it's clearly a movie that hurt ryan reynolds that he hates with a passion yeah yet it's the movie it's he got, met his wife on yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's got this like ultra significant yeah. thing that happened <laughs> in his life about that well, movie see it's gotta be to him that's gotta be like a comforting thing where it's like it had to happen for a reason. Like it was mm. really, really shitty. And I hate that it was <laughs> shitty because I was really into that movie. Yeah. But like, there's obviously a cosmic ultimate reason that I had to be yes. in that movie. Cause he can only, you know, he can only control yeah. so much. Yeah. And, you know, of he, he, he signed he, on to a, a different yeah. movie. Really, he is definitely not the problem with that film. No. Like oh, that, no, no. The, there's a lot of problems <laughs> with that film yeah. and, he, and we will get to that. Later, <laughs> in a year and a half, much, much Stay later. Stay tuned. Place. Yeah, um, but anyway, there. That's the and it, that was that's right. That's when it was called the Green Lantern, not oh. just Green Lantern. But wow. anyway, yeah. uh, and so innovative. I know. Drop, <laughs> drop the the. Uh, now we've got to hit on our just hands. Just Green Lantern. <laughs> Do you know what's cool? <laughs> Anyway, continue. <laughs> uh, all right. And our last thing that we're going to talk about um, in Australian release date. So these are movies that opened on the 7th of January 2010. It's compl complicated, opened three weeks after its US release. So we finally got that movie. I yeah. really like It's Complicated. <laughs> I still have not seen it. I, it's, need to uh, see it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's typical Nancy Myers that it's very long <laughs> um but yeah I, I mean it's quite funny here we like we were just bagging out a romantic comedy here i am going like i really love it um but no i think you know meryl streep steve martin alec baldwin it's actually meryl streep smoking weed dude that's yeah. what it's all about that's yeah all, it's, all it's actually um, one of the one of the good ones mm. yeah. all right well guys thank you so much for checking out our first episode of 10 years on uh if you like the show make sure you let us know in the comments down below if you've seen any of the movies we talked about let us know. Uh, you know, if you have, plan on seeing them, yeah. If, if, also, let us know. <laughs> if and you, you don't if, have to see them, you don't have to. Why <laughs> we do it? We watch yeah. it for you. Hey, if you <laughs> if you want to play along with us, you can watch it with us. Uh, next week, we will go through. But uh, if you want to play along at home and watch the movies with us, we will be watching the Book of Eli, the Spy Next Door, and Brand New Day. So we'll see you next weekend <laughs> for that one. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, uh, Nick's so excited for that. I've actually never seen The Spy Next Door. Neither, and probably for yeah, good reason. Have I, I, I never have either, so this could... <laughs> Taylor's just like... <laughs> We're in this <laughs> We will talk about that next week, guys. Thank you so much for chilling with us all. Uh, guys, where can the good people find you online, Peter? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ra- uh, RatedPDG. And Nick? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Nick'sFlixFix. Taylor? You can find me on Twitter at uh, FinallyTailored and Instagram underscore FinallyTailored because someone took FinallyTailored <laughs> on Instagram and I'm still bitter about it. Thank you very much. And you guys can find me at all the social media net, uh, sites. We'll put at, links we'll Yeah, put links at in Jacob Wonden. That's because I'm very original. Uh, <laughs> guys, thank you so much. And we will see you next week.